Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Cross Time podcast. We're back. It's week 14. Uh, this is our Monday edition of the podcast today on January 16th of 2023. Uh, since it's a Monday, I'm once again uh, thankfully joined by my good friend and co-host, Wyatt. Uh, Wyatt, how are you doing today? Doing great, Karsten. Thanks for asking. Just... Uh catching up on all of the homework that i neglected to do over the weekend fair enough <laughs> that's, that's been my life today and work <laughs> gotcha yeah <laughs> oh and one one other I'll, I'll give you one other tidbit of information that's not been fun my car is currently leaking coolant like crazy i put a gallon in well i put half a gallon in tuesday night and what halfway through wednesday that was all gone and i had to add the other half gallon so now it is in the shop getting fixed Gotcha. That one. <laughs> I can just imagine like you driving and there's just a constant like trail behind <laughs> you and people are like, what is going on with this guy? But... <laughs> yeah. And the uh, environment probably isn't thanking me for antifreeze being, you know, my snail trail. So yeah, probably not. I better get that <laughs> fixed quick. <laughs> probably not the greatest thing. Um, yeah. Glad, glad it's in the shop. Hopefully that, you know, gets patched up. It's not, you know, too expensive, but yeah, um, that would be nice. It <laughs> <laughs> would be nice, but with cars, it's never quite that simple. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. So let's go ahead and jump right into our uh, our game summaries, or rather our five on five drill. Uh, for those who are new to the show, when we do our, our Monday show, since we have three days worth of games to, to talk about, we like to focus on just a handful rather than trying to recap all of them. Uh, so we pick five games. Uh, the first game we're talking about is from Friday night, uh, the Atlanta Hawks in Indiana against the Pacers, and they win on a tip-in by John Collins in the last uh, last few seconds, or at the last second. I think it you know be, barely beat the buzzer, and they win that game one thirteen to one eleven, um, and this is a pretty back and forth affair throughout the whole game. Um, especially in those last few minutes. So nice win for Atlanta, devastating loss for Indiana, who still are without Tyrese Halliburton, uh, by far their kind of leader on that team. For Indiana, they were led by Mathurin getting uh, one of his few starts this season so far. He had 26 points, um, 18 points for Buddy Heald, uh, 10 and 10 for Isaiah Jackson getting the start at center. I liked what he's been bringing to Indiana uh, in, you know, these few moments that he's had some bigger opportunities. Um, they also had 17 points, 10 rebounds from O'Shea Brissett and two other double-figure scorers. Meanwhile, uh, for the Hawks, they were led by Trey Young, as you'd expect, 26 points, 11 assists, 18 points, 20 rebounds, and four blocks along with two steals for Onyeka Okungwu, a massive game from the the young kid getting the start at center in place of Clint Capella. Uh, they also had 25 points from DeAndre Hunter and 11 from DeJounte Murray. So uh, pretty close affair, but again, Hawks win it on a thriller. Why anything we want to talk about as far as the Hawks' outlook or Indiana, certainly with Indiana, it's a little bit less certain with the Halliburton injury. We know that they're maybe going to struggle these next couple of weeks. But with Atlanta, they haven't necessarily had to deal with that injury bug as much, and yet they've struggled 
more often than not this season kind of maybe let's focus on Atlanta what do you think might be the the issues there if there are any that we can kind of point out or have things just not kind of turned out their way right I don't I don't know I think it's a little bit more of them just not working out some of their internal issues I mean they've won half of their games like exactly they're 22 and 22 and I think that the Pacers when they're good they're much better than the Hawks mm. but like you said they they kind of had this these injury issues and you know the last couple or at least this last week has been a little rough for them going 0 and 3 and the Hawks have pretty consistently been doing their thing you know they win half their games some weeks are they win the majority some weeks they lose the majority but mm. I, I I would be confident in saying that the Pacers are going to be better end of season than the Hawks are, but you know, fighting the injury bug bug is always something that can throw it one way or the other. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, and I guess what prompts me to ask that question is if we think a couple years back in the playoffs, uh, the year that the the Bucks won the championship in that Eastern Conference Final, they faced the Atlanta Hawks, and they had gone on a sort of Cinderella run, but they also had that element of Trey Young playing the bad guy in uh, in New York and Philly in those series. And I guess right. the question there becomes, was that playoff run in that year a mirage or, you know, were they overachieving or is this something that where this team is underperforming based on those past performances, you know? Right. I think they are underperforming a little bit. Honestly, they have like, they have a solid roster. A, a little, you know, a little young for sure, but they have some, they have a, a couple of veterans in there. I mean, Favors you brought up is, uh, he's been in the league for forever, it seems like. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I, I think that they have potential. They just need to get, they just need to get it going, you know, get back to, to how they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. And, you know, while I'm, while we're on the subject, I need to double check. Oh, maybe I don't because I've lost internet for a second on my main computer. But, um, oh, here we go. Maybe I'll be able to check. Hey, so this is great for the listening audience when I'm, you know, talking about stuff that they can't see. Sure they <laughs> love it. Um, but sure. I know that Atlanta fans, or at least, you know, the the vocal group that you see, like, on their social media has been complaining about John Collins. And looking at his stats, right. he it looks like he has kind of struggled this season. In uh, the 35 games he's played, he's averaging 13 points, and that's the lowest since his rookie year when he averaged 10 points. That's definitely not a great thing to see from a guy who's supposed to be, you know, Outside of the the guards, he's supposed to be your next best guy. There mm-hmm. without Clint Capella, I'm not sure if he's missed a great deal of time or just was simply out for this game. And Bogdanovich has been a nice bench piece, but outside of Bogdanovich, I think there's some maybe questions about their their bench depth to an extent. But um, right with their talented I pieces, I would Frank agree. Batain. Yeah, yeah Frank, <laughs> Frank Frank Kaminsky and he was productive with Phoenix people forget that when Phoenix made their finals run Kaminsky was a nice part of their bench um so you know if he can play then that would be helpful as well but um yeah they're they're 
their top guys definitely have the capability. Maybe there's questions of John Collins underperforming. Uh, Long term, we'll have to see. You know, they're with it, every game, every week that goes by, teams in general are running out of time to to right the ship if they need to. And so that's certainly true of the Hawks. We'll see if they're able to kind of bounce back and make things, you know, perform more to what we expect of them, I suppose. Um, Let's talk about Mm -hmm. another Friday game. Let's talk about Warriors Spurs. Um, If there was any game that you heard stuff about that had nothing to do with the game itself, this was it. Okay. Because the big storyline, of course, the Spurs played their first game back at the Alamo Dome uh, since the 2002 season, I believe. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, they played in the Alamo Dome for about 10 years, including the year they won their first championship. So it's a it's a San Antonio staple. I I've, I've, was talking to Wyatt. He uh, actually lived in San Antonio for a couple of years, and he mentions that there's stuff going on all the time at the Alamo Dome. And so it's even outside of the Spurs, it's a, it's a big part of San Antonio's uh, community. So regardless, they're back there, they're celebrating their, their 50 years of, of being the Spurs and they set a new attendance record. We'll actually give a little new segment here. They set a new NBA regular season attendance record for a single game with 68,323 fans there to see it. Um, So yeah, a lot of fun. They had a lot of legends in the, the building david robinson made the announcement of the the actual total i think it was like halftime or third quarter or whenever they actually got the count um tony parker was there i think like avery johnson sean elliott maybe uh so that was all great for san antonio it's, the problem is there was actually a game to play and uh they got crushed 144 <laughs> to 113 by the visiting golden state warriors who even though they're the Warriors, they're still struggling this season. But, uh, I mean, you look at the the flow of the game, it really wasn't much of a contest. Golden State led throughout much of this. At one point, they almost led by 40 points. Um, just brutal. We, we needed to talk about the game because of, like, the – everything outside of the game and how big of it what big it was for San Antonio, that community, that franchise. But the game itself was not great for them. Uh, they had, they were led by Trey Jones. He was their leading scorer, 21 points. Uh, and they had four other guys in double figures. And then the Warriors had eight guys in double figures, including 25 from Jordan Poole and 22 from DiVincenzo off the bench. Uh, so yeah, not much of a game itself. Wyatt, again, I mentioned he's a San Antonio guy. Anything else with this that we should mention or talk about before we jump to that next game? Uh, I just I was just uh, reading a quote from Greg Popovich here. He got (laughs) he was asked about the occasion and he commented and said the fans enjoyed themselves, even though we were getting our butts kicked. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, you know, at least he had a good attitude about it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He I can hear him saying it like that's just the perfect Greg Popovich quote right there. But yeah, like... he, he commented after that, that there must have been a lot of beer sales going on because <laughs> they're uh, all having such a yeah. good time. <laughs> oh, yeah, they got to they got to drown their sorrows. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, definitely a noteworthy game, though, and, and still fun for San Antonio, even if even if they lost. But uh yeah, let's jump to the next game. This one comes from uh, Saturday's slate. Uh, 
and I tried to pull the storyline out for this one. I don't know if it really became much with this particular game, but uh, the Timberwolves and the Cavaliers, of course, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert's new teams. Uh, we, of course, are Jazz fans uh, ourselves, so we are attentive to that storyline a little bit more than maybe others might be. But regardless, the, they're in Minnesota. The Timberwolves win against the Cleveland Cavaliers 110 to 102. Uh, and it was actually a comeback victory at, uh, for the second and third quarters. Cleveland led uh, pretty substantially, but then Minnesota came back and they had led in the first and then they led again in the fourth to win the game uh, for Cleveland. They had five guys in double figures, highest scoring being Evan Mobley and Jarrett Allen. They had 19 points each uh, kind of a low scoring night for their guys. Mitchell only had 14 points. He didn't shoot very well from the floor. Meanwhile, for Minnesota, they were led by 26 points from Anthony Edwards, um, 17 points, uh, from Nas Reed off the bench and 16 points from Jalen Noel off the bench. Uh, there are other four starters. No, none of the other four starters scored more than nine points in this game. That's not what you'd like to see, but they got the win anyways. So, um, yeah, Gobert, six points, four rebounds, no blocks. I'm interested on this, this Rudy Gobert. You know what? I'm curious if he left with a, an injury because he only played 13 minutes in this game. Um, while I'm looking into that, Ryan, do you have any comments on uh, on this game? Unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch this game, but you know it it is surprising. I mean, I know I know it was in uh, you know at Timberwolves at home, but you know the Cavs have been playing so strong lately. It's a bit it's a bit surprising that they didn't take this dub. Mm-hmm. But you know, the Jazz beat the Cavs too, and they they did struggle this last week, going one and two. So maybe they're in a slump. Maybe it's just kind of a fluke. Uh, you know, a an interesting schedule for them. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm not able to find anything on a uh. Oh, here we go. Uh, potential groin. Injury. It looks like it's minor. If there was one, he's he was uh, available. He was available to play tonight. But um, yeah. I mean, I was surprised myself. I would agree to find that uh, Minnesota won this game. Minnesota to start the year since twenty twenty three. The calendar year started. They've been a lot better. Um, but and maybe Cleveland, like you said, is a little bit of a slump. But uh, overall, yeah. The the storyline of Mitchell versus Gobert really didn't have much to it and Timberwolves win at home in a comeback. That's sort of exciting, but regardless, um, not too crazy of a game. Uh, next from Sunday's action. So yesterday's action, let's talk bowls hosting the warriors. The Chicago bulls win at home against the golden state warriors, one thirty-two to one eighteen. Uh headline from the NBA's website, Vucevic and the bulls dominate the warriors inside. Um, and Golden State held smallish leads at a few points in the game. They led to going to the half. But uh, when Chicago took leads, they had bigger leads, and they ended in you know a dominating fourth-quarter run. Uh, for Golden State, they were led by 
26 points from Clay Thompson. He's been playing pretty well for them in the last uh, month or so. Uh, certainly scoring, maybe the def- defense is hit or miss. There, I know that people have had some concerns with that. Uh, 20 points, 10 rebounds for Stephen Curry as well. Uh, and three other guys in double figures. Meanwhile, for Chicago, monster game from Vucevic. 43 points, 13 rebounds, four assists, and four steals. Great game from Vucevic. Uh, 27 points from Zach Levine. They were without DeMar DeRozan in this game, but didn't seem to matter. They had four other guys outside Levine and Busevich with uh, double figures scoring. And uh, I saw one of the clips where Caruso was playing some defense. He actually got the start in this game, uh, playing some defense on Curry, and Curry got a traveling violation right after they inbound the ball to him. And so... Maybe he was able to do that uh, Delavadova thing where, oh, the, you have a guy who's a hustle guy and he frustrates Steph Curry. Maybe there was some <laughs> of that. Who knows? But um, Was he yeah. in the hospital with cramps? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> somebody needs to check up on Caruso after he was able to do that. No, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think we need to worry about Caruso because he's actually, uh, you know, okay. able to sustain. He's able to sustain that <laughs> level of play. Oh man, Delavadova. I it was just like that one game and everyone was right. talking about it and it's like it's it's not gonna last. Like <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Anything else worth talking about with this game? I mean a big win for Chicago. both these teams are kind of you know below where we would expect them to be in their standings for sure. And mm-hmm. definitely a nice win for them to get against the Golden State team that's still trying to to write that ship. Um, yeah. Any other comments with that before we jump to that last game? Uh, you know, I, I would like just one thing on the bulls. I'd like to see them make it to the playoffs just because we've seen them beat a number of the top teams, mm. uh, you know, throughout the, throughout the season. And so I think it would be fun just to see what would happen to throw them in the mix. But, you know, right now it's not looking super good for them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, as there's it, still time. Yeah. And as it stands, like they're, they're tied for 10th, although they're above the Raptors probably have a tie break there. So they'd mm-hmm. barely slip into a play in spot, which, you know, obviously is not ideal, but like, there's also, like you said, time for them to move up. And even if they're just in, you know, play in, then they have, they have voice crack. Um, <laughs> they have, you know, that, ability to say okay we need it's a must win this next game or next couple of games to secure that playoff spot so right um yeah it should be should be interesting to see how they do uh for you know next back half of the season here let's jump to that last game we're talking uh the philadelphia 76ers stealing a game in los angeles against the lakers and it was a close one 113 to 112 uh very back and forth affair uh the game was tied 18 times and there were 23 lead changes throughout this game. Uh, so a very close match, a wow. very exciting affair uh, for the Lakers. They were led by LeBron, as you'd expect, 35 points, 10 assists. Uh, they had Westbrook, a great game off the bench, 20 points, 14 rebounds, 11 assists doing wow. his West, Westbrook triple double thing. Wow. Um, <laughs> everyone welcome Owen Wilson to our, podcast here (laughs) uh but then for the sixers their two-man group here 35 points 11 rebounds for Embiid, 
24 points, 13 assists for Harden. They also got a nice game from Tobias Harris, 15 points, and Maxi coming off the bench this time, 16 points. So pretty close, you know, just a few guys kind of leading the charge for both teams as far as, you know, bigger scoring runs. But uh, Philly comes out with a victory. And a couple points with this that I'll mention, and we could also talk about it with our news, but I'll mention it here. Of course, the big storyline from this game, even though the Sixers win, the big takeaway is LeBron and his score, scoring milestones. He became the youngest player right. and only only the second player ever, but the youngest besides Kareem to score 38,000 points, uh, career points. So that was a huge milestone. Um, but along with that, after that a game last night, he also took to Twitter today to vent and uh, share his frustrations with uh, what he feels are – uh, too many missed calls on the part of officials. Uh, the quote, it's not making sense. He he's he doesn't understand why there's you know been a, a limit to how many times he's gone to the foul line or you know missed calls inside things of that nature. Um, and it's been kind of a thing for the Lakers the last week or two where they're a little more upset or vocal with certain officiating things. I mean, in this game, he only shot five free throws. The Lakers shot 13 as a team. The Sixers only shot 19, so it's not like there was a huge difference between the teams. But um, maybe maybe we could lean on that. Like the, it's not uncommon for current, you know, the the NBA. Well, and for the last while, we've known it this to be this way, but certainly lately, for NBA players to be very vocal and you know be you they work the refs all game i mean you watch any nba game and after every play there's some player who's gonna you know ask the ref about you know where's the foul or he was out of bounds or whatever right do you think that that's something that for an nba team could take take it over and and hurt their chances or is that something that we would think about too much coming from a different level of basketball entirely um, I don't know. I, I don't think refs are ever excited to, I mean, first of all, being a ref, is kind of a thankless job, but I don't, I think especially when they're being ridiculed by, you know, arguably the most uh, famous player in the league online, it kind of uh, makes you feel a little bitter toward that. And I think it could hurt your chances, honestly. Yeah. And yeah. And it's interesting. Cause like, you know, the referees are professionals, right? And they're focused on, you know, they, they love the game and they're trying to just, you know, be the best referees that they can be, or at least we certainly hope that that's their outlook, but right. Yeah. Even, but they're also human, you know, and even if that's their purest, best intention, if there is that situation where you have someone being vocal about it or continually being a problem, I think of Jokic. He's had, I think, uh, a lot of run-ins with Tony Brothers, the referee, if I'm not mistaken, uh, one of the ref- longtime referees, and he always gets a lot of calls because of that. But it's like a two-way street. Like, you know, maybe that ref had some biases, but you know, Jokic has fed that as well, and it's just you know this thing get, perpetually gets worse and worse. And so, you know, there's potential for right. it. Um, I I appreciate what you said though about the you know being a referee is a thankless job you know you think best case scenario you call a game 
perfectly you know you you call every foul that's a foul you don't you don't have any calls that are incorrect and no one will talk about it after the game right right who's going to leave the arena saying man what a great job the referees did that was perfectly (laughs) called because like and that's the whole point of the job is to like be invisible right or at least to try to be but it's almost almost never the case so almost every night you're gonna have you know fans booing complaining yelling at you and you know yeah even if even if you did call that perfect game like you said like some guy up in the nosebleeds is gonna not see the foul and be mad because you called the foul against their your team or yeah exactly you can you can never win you can never please everyone but it's almost like you can never please anyone sometimes and you equally displease both sides (laughs) that's exactly (laughs) (laughs) exactly so definitely a tough situation but for the game itself but yeah sorry go ahead i was just gonna say another comment on on lebron like maybe he is on the outs with the nba a little bit right now and they're they're targeting him because i noticed they moved the lebron tracker it's no longer in the main (laughs) news thing it's you like have to go through features and then you can maybe pull up the LeBron tracker. I'm actually like, it's not really letting me pull it up right now. Oh, there we yeah. go. Now it comes up. <laughs> so maybe they're just like picking these little victories against. Him. <laughs> <laughs> I I had forgotten about that. We noticed that on, uh, on the Wednesday show, Justin pointed it out and I'm like, Oh man, oh. you're right. It's moved. <laughs> but yeah, maybe, maybe there is. Who knows? But uh, regardless, yeah, still a big game, big milestone for him to pass that. Um, and we'll kind of use that as our tr- transition into the news. Of course, that was the big story um, from this this last weekend was him passing uh, 38,000 points. Again, he's only the second player to ever do that. Um, so big night. And again, you know, there's complaints about the officiating. I think it was just within the last week or so. They also had some complaints uh in another kind of close game it was oh it's a mavericks game i believe uh that went to double oh. overtime but um you know regardless it's uh you know that kind of stuff happens you know you'll have a game or a couple games where you're going to complain about it i guess kind of it is what it is um right. otherwise let's jump into our other uh new stuff we have a few items for you Firstly, small transaction, uh, the Atlanta Hawks waived guard Jarrett Culver. He was on a two-way contract. That's kind of one of those sharp falls. I mean, if he wasn't a lottery pick, he was a first-round pick just a handful of years ago, three or four years ago. And now suddenly this year he was a two-way contract and he's been waived from his two-way contract, which is – you know, not, not great, not a great career trajectory. I assume he'll probably be, you know, more full-time G league at this point, trying to work back into the league. But anyways, um, fun news for jazz fans, especially longtime jazz fans. Uh, the Utah jazz are bringing back the original name of their current arena, the Delta center. Um, if you're unfamiliar when they, they built the arena, it was the Delta center and it was that for, the whole Stockton Malone era. And then it was sometime during the mid two thousands that they changed it to energy solutions arena. That was kind of a heartbreaker for a lot of Utah fans. Um, and then it was we hate energy solutions. <laughs> yeah. We hate energy solutions. That's why it's uh, no, just because the name had, you know, been established for so long. And then 
Right. You know, next it was Vivint Smart Home Arena. Then most currently it's the Vivint Arena. But they will bring back the Delta Center name, a new agreement with uh, Delta Airlines to to rename it the Delta Center. And uh, yeah, I think listening to the fans, it's so interesting. They'd be so vocal about a, a corporate sponsorship. Usually fans are more, you know, like if it had been called the salt palace and they wanted to bring it the name back and take out the corporate sponsorship that would be a little more typical but mm-hmm. us- usually fans aren't as attached to the the corporate name but regardless i think that'll be that'll be fun to see that name return yeah the nostalgia the nostalgia For absolutely sure. and they're bringing back i mean they'll have some more throwbacks next year hopefully they can appeal to the nba and because i think that they the, the fan uh outcry of the new uniforms is kind of They've been like, oh crap, people don't like the new uniforms. We need to get we need to get some new new uniforms with the purple and right. all that. But those those still I, might be a few years out. I also heard that Carl Malone is is signing on to, you know, fill in for marketing during this injury. Uh oh yeah. Time. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. That would be that would be something watching Carl Malone try and get up and down the floor today. Yeah, but his his hairline would probably look about the same as it did in the the late nineties. <laughs> uh, okay, here's a big one from uh, I think it was Saturday or Sunday's game. One of the games this weekend. It was the Rockets versus the Kings. Oh, by the way, that was one of the things I forgot with my six men. Um, over the last uh, few weeks, or actually probably last month or two. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis of the Sacramento Kings, he has a double-double streak going. Uh, last game, he extended to 20 straight games with a double-double. So that was just something I wanted to shout out real quick. That's you know great performance for him. The Kings are are playing well, and he uh, you know had big games again. And one of those games was against the, the Houston Rockets. And that's where we're back to with this new segment. So the, the Kings thrashed the Rockets, but in that game, there was an altercation. Uh, between Malik Monk and Garrison Matthews. Malik Monk of the Kings, Garrison Matthews of the Rockets. <clears throat> then players came off the bench. It was a whole thing. There was ejections. Um, so the NBA j- <clears throat> recently announced the fallout from that whole uh, you know, ordeal. So the penalties from that game. Uh, Garrison Matthews has been fined 35000 for initiating the altercation and taunting Monk. And Malik Monk has been fined twenty five thousand for continuing the altercation and taunting Matthews. Uh, Terry Eason of the Rockets has been five, fined thirty thousand for escalating the altercation and making inadvertent contact with a game official. In addition, Rockets guard Jalen Green and forward Deshaun Tate have each been suspended one game without pay for leaving the bench area during the on-court altercation. So they get the harshest penalty, even though they weren't a part of the actual altercation. But that's <laughs> right. that's a big part of NBA like rules emphasis is they don't want players leaving the bench to poten- potentially escalate things. Yeah, so, I'm thinking of the inadvertent content contact with the the ref, and I think of that video. I think it was Shaq or something who who celebrated and was like doing a you know just a 
a punch oh, of like celebration I... <laughs> and totally punch the ref. I know what you're talking about. It was uh it yeah. was Boozer actually, Carl Boozer. Oh, yeah. that's right, that's right. It was <laughs> yeah, he makes like an and one and he he swings around and just like yeah, fist pumps and he just like gut punches the official. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's it's like it's kind of, you know, like it's a you know poor official, but it's funny because like yeah, he hits him and he's immediately like, oh crap, like yeah, are you okay? Catching the guy, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah. All right, so the next thing, uh, for Milwaukee, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo is uh, set to miss his third straight game. He'll miss tonight's game with uh, left knee soreness. So definitely uh, a big blow for the, the Bucks. You know, it's it's probably one of those day-to-day things, and he's just been, you know, day of the game. They decide we're going to give him a little more rest. Uh, so not quite the same as a knee injury to it to an extent, but regardless, you know, hopefully he's able to – to, to get that knee feeling right soon and he can get back uh back on the floor um a couple interesting things coming up this week kind of looking forward so on thursday uh the chicago bulls and detroit pistons are going to play the second of the two international or global games that the nba has excuse me has scheduled for the season uh the first one was that mexico game i believe it was uh miami and San Antonio. I, I think Miami at least was one of those teams, but um, regardless, the second game is actually going to be in Paris NBA Paris game uh, at Accor arena. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, and the Pistons will technically be the home team. Uh, the Bulls is a visiting team, but regardless, it's in Paris. I think they're both quite far from home there, but that, that'll be interesting. And that'll be, <laughs> <laughs> that's what, uh, a national broadcast as well. So we can, we can yeah. uh, watch that uh, at home. Next, I wonder, on... like, oh, sorry, what the the main goal is of, like, are they just trying to expand the NBA? You know, get more viewers, uh, you know, yeah. abroad, and 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 are they making? I mean, I bet they're making more money at, at one of these games than they would at a at a home game. But you have to wonder about their fan base the... at home. Like, what the heck? <laughs> you know, it... <laughs> <laughs> yeah it it is i mean with at least with the nba you're gonna have like 40 other chances to see your team at home right Um, yeah with the i mean and yeah i'm sure the whole thing is just expand your fan the fan base get more international fans you know the nfl does the same thing but your point's a lot more valid there nfl you only play like eight home games a year and suddenly Mm -hmm. one one of those it's like oh they're in germany now and it's like (laughs) <laughs> I wanted to see that game, but <laughs> anyways. Um, okay. On Saturday, uh, the all-star voting, the fan voting for the all-star is going to, or all-star weekend will close on Saturday, this Saturday, January 21st. So if you haven't gotten your votes in or still want to submit some votes, remember you can vote uh, once every day or every 24 hours. So be aware of that. Saturday will be the last day uh, you can vote and then it will be closed and then they'll actually get to deciding who will be the starters, who will be the captains, and then coaches will work on picking the reserves. Um, a couple more things. NBA announced that Jalen Brunson and DeMontis Sabonis have been named the NBA Players of the Week in the Eastern Conference and Western Conference, respectively. Congratulations to both those guys. We will have a chance to talk about more them more a little bit later on with our weekly MVP discussion. Uh, they've played some great basketball, and their teams are playing great as well. Uh, and finally, we talked a little bit about LeBron scoring, but let's 
since it's a Monday, let's go ahead and give it a, a check here. Now, like Wyatt mentioned, if you're confused because the LeBron tracker is not underneath the, the news section, if you want to get there, go to the, the news like main page, and then it's under features, and that's where the LeBron tracker is. So as we said, he passed 38,000 points. He's currently at 38,024. And so he needs 364 more points to officially pass Kareem on the all-time leaderboard. So he's he's getting closer. Uh, they project that he will probably hit that mark some point in the beginning of February. Uh, but again, we'll see, you know, barring injury, of course. We'll see what happens uh, as we get closer to that day. Um all right, let's go ahead and jump into our game previews for the week. Again, this will be Tuesday through Friday. Uh, the remaining games for the uh, the weekdays this week uh, to keep an eye out for. Uh, what I'll probably do, what we've done a little in the past and what kind of works here, I'll just run through these real quick, uh, give a brief synopsis where I can, and then if we have any games worth diving more into as far as previews and what we think would be, uh, you know, interesting as far as that game is concerned uh then Wyatt will take the lead on that so I'll first run through the games and then he'll he'll kind of talk about what games jump out to him um so again all the times that I will give are the the starting times and they are in eastern standard time so if I say for example the game starts at seven o'clock if you're in mountain time zone that's going to be five o'clock right so you all know how time zones work we're all adults um let's start with Tuesday. We only have four games on Tuesday. Uh, two of those are a TNT doubleheader. Firstly, at 730, uh, the Toronto Raptors visit the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Raptors not quite as strong as they've been in previous years, uh, but the Bucks themselves are struggling a little bit, so that should be a pretty good matchup uh, in that Eastern Conference. And then uh, at 10 o'clock later on TNT, the Los Angeles Clippers host the Philadelphia 70- Excuse me, Philadelphia 76ers. Um, Doc Rivers against his old team, not really much of a storyline since he's been with Philly for uh, several years now. Um, Joel Embiid and James Harden versus Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. That's probably more of the storyline you're looking for. Uh, should be a pretty exciting game there in uh, Los Angeles. Next on Wednesday, we have a lot more games. Nine games on Wednesday's slate of action. Uh, and we have a T- ESPN doubleheader that day. Firstly, at 7.30, uh, the matchup of the two guards that were traded for one another, Trey Young and Luka Doncic, were traded for each other in the uh, 2018 draft, of course. Uh, right now, it's easy to say Mavericks made the better move, but Trey Young has been solid for Atlanta himself. Um, regardless, the Dallas Mavericks host the Atlanta Hawks in this game. Should be a good matchup of those two guards. And then at 10 o'clock on ESPN, the Minnesota Timberwolves traveled to Denver to face off against the Nuggets in this uh, Northwest Division matchup. The uh, Timberwolves, as we mentioned, had a better start to the year, although they've struggled a bit. They've lost, uh, I think, they lost their last game against uh, Utah just yesterday. But, um, you know, they have a chance to bounce back and get a, a big bounce back win against the top team in the Western Conference, the Denver Nuggets, led by Nicole Jokic. Uh, so Gobert versus Jokic, that should be an interesting game. Edwards versus Murray, that's an uh, a intriguing matchup. 
And those are your two ESPN games. However, there's three other league pass games that I think are noteworthy. <laughs> Firstly, at 7.30, uh, the Washington Wizards in New York against the Knicks. If for another reason, um, Porzingis has already returned to the Knicks since he played there, but different circumstances. This has been the best season, arguably, up of his career up to this point for Kristaps Porzingis. And the Knicks, this is maybe the best Knicks team in – uh, 10 years or so. I mean, they're playing very well right now. So I kind of like that as a, a smallish storyline. Uh, then right after that league pass at eight o'clock, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers in uh, Memphis against the Grizzlies. Those are two of the top teams in their respective conferences. Just a good competitive matchup there. Mitchell versus Morant could be intriguing. High flying uh, diminutive guards. And then at 1030, think the latest game on that slate sacramento kings in los angeles against the lakers the kings are the better team than the lakers uh for the first time since the 2002 western conference finals and yes i did say the kings were the better team in that matchup lakers fans don't come at me with the hate um <laughs> regardless um let's see sorry my, my zoom weaked out for a second um Kings are playing great. We mentioned Demondis Sabonis, but they've also had Fox playing very well at the point guard. They have, you know, Monk and Herder shooting the lights out. Uh, their matchup against the Lakers and LeBron in Los Angeles should be a great one regardless. Then on Thursday, we've got three national broadcast games. Uh, there's a five-game slate in total. The first national broadcast is the aforementioned Paris game. That's on NBA TV at 3 o'clock. It's quite early because... In Paris, of course, that's going to be, you know, like seven or nine o'clock or something. Something that's going to be a lot later. But um, yeah. yeah, three o'clock Bulls at Pistons technically is at Pistons, but it's really in Paris. So should be a cool game. And then we have a TNT doubleheader. Firstly, at 730, uh, the Golden State Warriors in Boston against the Celtics, a finals rematch, although one of these teams the Celtics is still a dominant team in their conference. Meanwhile, the Warriors are still trying to find that, uh, you know, groove that they've try- been trying to find all season. Then at 10 o'clock, the Brooklyn Nets in Phoenix against the Suns. Uh, Nets without Kevin Durant. Suns without Devin Booker. They probably thought that would be a much more star-filled evening when they originally scheduled <laughs> it for TNT. But could be a, an intriguing matchup of, you know, who has the solid, more solid, uh, you know, role players and bench guys. Could be interesting. Um, and then on Friday, we have nine games and we have an ESPN doubleheader on Friday. At 7.30, the Miami Heat in Dallas against the Mavericks. Uh, the the finals rematch from 06 and 2011. None of those same players play for those two teams anymore. But Heat and <laughs> Mavericks had some history to it, so... Could be interesting in that sense, but they have their their own new stars. The Heat have Butler and Adebayo. The Mavericks have Doncic and pretty much Doncic. Um, <laughs> so that should be a pretty good matchup. Wood Christian Wood's been good for them too, of course, and uh, Tim Hardaway Jr.'s been solid. Um, and then at ten o'clock, the second game of that doubleheader: Memphis Grizzlies in Los Angeles against the Lakers. Uh, John Morant in L.A. Uh, against LeBron. I think that should be a great matchup, uh, regardless. So that's a bunch of games I've run ran through with you. Why? What jumps out to you? What are some of the top games that you were saying as a fan? Hey, I'd like to see that or things to, you know, that are intriguing you as 
you know, kind of league storylines, team storylines, what jumps out? Right. If I were to pick two that I wanted to watch this week, uh, I would pick Wednesday night's Cavs at Grizzlies. That, I think that'll be a, a really solid game. You know, like you said, you get the, the high-flying guards, both, you know, top teams in their conferences, Grizzlies at, at two and Cavs at five. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's going to be a really solid game. The other one I would probably want to watch is the Warriors at Celtics. See that, mm-hmm. see that. Uh, you know, the formerly the championship teams, the finals teams from last year, uh, go yeah. head to head again and see if the Warriors uh, continue to pick up a little speed now that they got Steph back again. And you know, hot teams, both of them. I, I well, you know, Warriors getting there. Yeah, but I think it'd be fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and even if the Warriors are struggling, there's that intrigue, and we we're all kind of just like waiting for the switch to flip because we've been ex- right. Yeah, we we've we've known the Warriors to be so dominant for so long that we're not, you know, we're not accustomed to this, and we're like, okay, when is this? When are things going to get right? You know? Right. Yeah. We we keep waiting for them to really turn it on and just start dominating teams, which we see glimpses of here and there, like you know, San Antonio suffered the other night, but. Yeah, exactly. But um, <laughs> yeah, regardless, I think I would probably pencil that in as one of my top games to to watch out for as well. I think that'd be a great matchup. Um, and then if I had to pick one other game that really stands out out of the slate, I mean, you you picked maybe the two best. If I was to pick a third, I would probably pick uh, Grizzlies Lakers. I think that John Morant. I feel like he has some great highlights. He's a great highlight player, but he's also a great player in general. But if we're looking for like the highlight plays, he recently had a, a monster jam. Um, just I think in their last game, I forget who it was on, but you know, for, he he can get a monster jam, he can get a chase down block, you know, just for the highlight right. factor. I think that'd be great to see, as well as Grizzlies playing a great game. Um, yeah, yeah. But regardless, a great week of action for sure to to stay tuned uh, tuned into and keep an eye out for for all of these games, but. Uh, for now, let's go ahead and shift gears and we'll talk about our power rankings. Uh, of course, if you're new to the show, we do this every week. Uh, after a week of action, we we sit down, we see what, what teams have improved, uh, played worse, played better. We try and factor in injuries, past performance, you know, what the team's outlook is like going forward. Um, Wyatt and I have sort of slightly different approaches to how we do our power rankings. Typically I've taken the outlook of week to week and what that team has done up to that point in the season and focusing purely on that. Uh, Wyatt likes to focus a little bit more on what he expects of these teams going forward, what he thinks is more sustainable. I think both are pretty valid approaches and they're things to consider when we talk through our power rankings. Um, Let's, let's hear a little bit about that more long uh long-term approach to an to a, a sense okay yeah so <laughs> like carson said i basically look at the the best team that i i think going forward like who who at the end of the season is going to be the top top dog and of course injuries sometimes throw that you know when you're entering into the finals and sometimes it really like this week kind of messes things up because you know, the Nets are without KD, Bucks have been without Giannis. So, you know, they haven't been playing super well 
but I still have them, you know, three and four on my power rankings, <clears throat> despite, you know, you know, the Grizzlies I still have sitting at fifth, but, you know, there's very valid arguments that they may, they, you know, may deserve a higher ranking in, in, in the top three right there with the Celtics and Nuggets, who are my one and two. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much my outlook. A lot of my top group is the same. The The Nuggets had an incredible week, 4-0. So they did move up a couple spots. I had formerly had them behind the Nets and the Bucks. But, you know, it th- that's that's a team that I am hesitant to move them above the Nets and the Bucks because of I, I just think the Nets and Bucks are better teams overall. And I think that they're going to end up above um, the Nuggets. But, you know, the Nuggets played super well last week and the Nets and the Bucks did not. So I, I gave it to them for the time being. We'll see if that holds out. Gotcha. But yeah, in your, like, that's a big move. The Nuggets up, Nets and Bucks down a bit. But otherwise, that's like your top seven stayed pretty much the same or didn't have much change, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And then the same thing for your your bottom seven actually it stayed exactly yeah. <laughs> the same <laughs> yeah you know i i must say i don't give the bottom group as much credit as or like as much attention as maybe they deserve you know right. I, I i do look at them a little bit but you know there's there's really not a lot of movement here rockets are losing all their games pistons pick up you know maybe a, a win a week same with the hornets Mm-hmm. And and Spurs that they all are kind of like basically doing the same thing, yeah. And well, and you know, there's plenty of things worth talking about with those teams as far as young talent. I mean, talk about the mm-hmm. Magic with Bancaro, you know, like it's not like they're um, irrelevant teams. You know, we couldn't quite say that, but but it is hard to differentiate, right? Like, oh, okay, right. the Rock the Rockets are ten and thirty five, and the the Pistons are eleven and. 33 and who's really the better like you know i mean right and 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 no one's really making moves like it's not like the teams are really passing one another or passing any other team that is you know competing so it's i don't know just kind of the same story over and over again we have seen spurts of like you know the magic will do good for a week or the wizards will have a good week but Mm -hmm. yeah so so they are in the top group of the of the bottom seven but you right. Know. The top of the bottom. The top of the <laughs> bottom. Exactly. I, I did have a decent amount of movement here in the middle area. Like, mm. you know, the Pacers dropped four spots, which, you know, may stay that way. They they were one of those teams that didn't hold out this, you know, despite their injuries, like the, the Nets and the Bucks do on my power rankings. Like, I didn't really move them, move the Nets and the Bucks much because... I think they're still really solid teams and they're still going to be solid at the end of the season. Pacers I'm less confident in because, you know, it's just a tighter race with, um, you know, the, the Pacers and their competing team, their competing teams right there in the East. Mm-hmm. They they could, you know, they can get bumped out right there. Right now they're eighth. So they can get bumped out. And, you know, so long-term on my projections, I'm like, they might not make, the playoffs depending on how the injury shakes out for them. So, so they did drop a little bit because of their, um, you know, injury issues and the rough week that they had, but right. you know, other, otherwise minor movements, Knicks up two, golden state down one, the Kings, you know, had a great week. They're up 
too. You could mm. argue that they should be up more maybe than that, but yeah. And then the Suns continue to decrease. They they move down another four. So yeah, I I was gonna mention that, but I feel like the last episode we did with Justin last Wednesday, we kind of piled on the Suns. So I don't want oh, gotcha. Sun, the Suns fans to hate like think that I hate the Suns. It's just they've they've had some struggles. So um, right. <clears throat> yes, Bulls look like they fell as well. They fell three spots for you. Um, yeah, the, more your middle group shifted, but I think that's a fair point with the Pacers. Um, it certainly has to do with their like placement. I mean, Nets and Bucks top of conference versus Pacers kind of in the middle, but also, and I don't know if this is a like as big a part of your approach, but this is with this approach of like long-term, I would be thinking, okay, well, Pacers have Tyrese Halberton, who's promising, but he's not very tested, especially not in like a playoff sense. Mm. Whereas the Nets and Bucks have Giannis and Durant and like Kyrie and Middleton, you know, so it's like who, you know, who, who has more experience, who's a, a stronger team, not just like with bench and all that, but like, the star power kind of aspect so so that might be right. a, a factor too but um yeah overall i think pretty solid power rankings and again mine as i talk through mine they're going to be a little bit different but again it's just a little bit of a different approach so um similar though in the sense that my bottom my last five didn't move at all so it's rockets last pistons above then hornets spurs magic that's the same as it was the prior week. You know, like we talked about, it's tough to differentiate and know where to make a lot of movement. And they're, those teams just aren't, you know, winning. All, all five of those teams had bad weeks. So um, the reverse end of that, the Celtics and the Nuggets stay at the top. They're my one and two. They both went 4-0, and had tremendous weeks. Uh, very much earning that top spot, not just, you know, staying there begrudgingly in a sense. But... Uh, I moved Memphis up to my three. They went three and zero. Uh, they're pretty close to Denver in that Western Conference group, and uh, you know I I like Jaw Morant. I was thinking about this yesterday. Jaw Morant is kind of like what we expected Derrick Rose to be long term. You know that yeah, athletic point is. guard and dynamic, but he's so far knock on wood. He's been able to sustain it. He has had some minor injuries that he's dealt dealt with, and hopefully, he you know doesn't have any more bigger injuries go in the future. But he's been he's been yeah. great for Memphis, and he's leading a, a winning style of basketball. Uh, yeah, I had, nine nine game <clears throat> winning streak. Just a comment there, which is impressive. yeah, very very impressive. And yeah, they've they've definitely improved big. Uh, let's see, just a, a few weeks ago, week ten, they were like barely top ten. So, yeah, they've definitely made that jump back up into that top group. Uh, I have Brooklyn falling one spot. They went 0-2. Uh, they only played two games last week, which is kind of odd. I was do- I was updating the power rankings, and I-, I was to, like, Saturday, and they'd only played one game all week. And I'm like, did I miss a game? Like, what's- what is the schedule for Brooklyn? So, so they only fell one because they only lost two games. But going forward, it probably wouldn't like for that long-term approach, they're going to be without Durant for at least another couple weeks. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's every potential for the Nets to fall even further as these other teams are making moves. Um, I have Sixers moving up into that top five, up two spots. They went three and one. They're really strong. 
and Harden and Embiid look like they're playing at full force. Um, they even have matching hairstyles. They're both going with like the braid <laughs> look. <laughs> and uh, I like the way they're playing. Their bench still has some questions for me, but they've played solid. They've earned that top five spot. Meanwhile, the Bucks and the Cavs both fall a spot each. Not completely terrible weeks, but they just slipped a bit. Pelicans stay strong at eighth. Uh, and then, yeah, some bigger movers right in that middle group. I mean, the Kings and Knicks both had great weeks, uh, and the Heat as well. So they got, they're up into my, like, 9 through 11 range. Uh, Kings and Knicks cracking the top 10. And then uh, Mavericks and Pacers both fell bad weeks, especially bad week for Indiana. Uh, the Hawks, Jazz, and Thunder all moved up big, and the Suns, Bulls, and Lakers all fell quite a bit. Uh, yeah, the Kings Kings were right there with the Celtics and Nuggets as far as best week. They went 4-0, uh, the only other team to go 4-0. Plenty of other 3-0 teams, Grizzlies, Heat, um, Actually, those are the only two. Knicks went three and one, but that's kind of the the simple view of my movement. Just some some teams that are up and down, right in that middle group, making some moves. Kings and Knicks look very solid in that top ten, as well as the Heat, just out of it. Mavericks and Pacers is a team struggling. The Mavericks, it seemed like as a team, they were doing much better when Luca was having that crazy week or two of like. 40 points a game, 60 points in that one game, you know, and when he's just, right. when he's just very solid, like 30 points a game and like, you know, close to a triple double when he's just doing very still pretty solid stuff. There's like struggling to win games, which is not right, a great, yeah. it's not a great long-term outlook for Dallas. So there's maybe some concerns there, but otherwise um, that's kind of the gist of it with my power rankings. Wyatt, did you have any comments on anything I did with my power rankings? Yeah, that's that's just the hard part about Dallas, you know, and and it's it's a big reason why I've been hesitant to move them up very far. They're they're still probably higher than they should be in my power rankings, but you know what they do just isn't sustainable. I I love I love Luca, you know, he's a fantastic player, but it you know the Mavericks' success is totally dependent on Luca playing out of his mind. <laughs> so yeah. And and you can't do that for you know, eighty two games. Yeah, and it, you know then some with whatever else may be in their future with playoffs. Yeah, absolutely, it's not sustainable. I mean, <clears throat> you know, I with the current outlook, I kind of see them finding like a sixth or seventh seed and then losing in the first round. Yeah, because yeah, it's just too much. And you know, with with him having to carry the workload, you run the risk of multiple things you want him you make him want to leave the franchise you have him just be frustrated in general or you get him injured so Mm -hmm. yeah not a great they at least burnt out even if not injured (laughs) yeah burnt out like even if he still has that fire and he's not frustrated like he's yeah he's just overworked and is you know starts to struggle come playoff time so there's there's a lot of concerns there for dallas and and you know overworking luca i guess would be the the way to phrase it i would probably pencil them in as a team that maybe should look you know with luca playing the way he is look at something in the trade deadline as far as like trying to bring him some help or some buyouts or something you know see what you can Mm -hmm. do there but um 
that's maybe a conversation for uh, later in the week when we start talking about, you know, the the trade deadline, trade options, things of that nature. Um, right. But regardless, that kind of wraps things up with our power rankings. Uh, we will also have our uh, each of our top tens posted on the Instagram account. I'll go ahead and give that a shout out real quick. If you haven't heard about it already, it's uh, crossover across time, all one word on Instagram. And we have all sorts of stuff posted there. Our MVP picks, our power rankings, um, our franchise focus stuff. We have it all posted there and we keep it updated pretty regularly. And that account also likes content from different NBA teams that's worth noting. So if you want to stay up to date on the NBA, that's kind of your one-stop shop. If you want to, if you want to check that out on Instagram, we're maybe going to have some other accounts in the future, but regardless, um, I'll let that kind of segue me into our uh, MVP discussion. And I have the trophy at the ready as well as the marker. Remembered it this time. And uh, what we do with this, we, each week we take uh, a selection of 10 players who had standout weeks. Usually we start with highest scorers, but we have all sorts of stats listed. We have their individual record, uh, you know, traditional stats, uh, percentages from field goal, three point free throw minutes per game and their plus minus uh, per game across this last week of action. So week 13, that's, last Monday to yesterday. And uh, I only, we've only focused on players with winning records in that week. Um, there might have been a time or two in the beginning where we had a player with like a, a 500 record, but for the most part, we focused on players with winning records, teams that are winning, and they've been, you know, the most valuable for those teams. Um so if you're curious about all the candidates for this week, we have Jalen Brunson, Joel Embiid, John Morant, CJ McCollum, Jason Tatum, Kawhi Leonard, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Trey Young, Lowry Markinen, and DeMontis Sabonis. Again, we mentioned in the news that Jalen Brunson and DeMontis Sabonis were the NBA's players of the week this week. Um, but we've got 10 guys to pick from. They've all had some great weeks. Wyatt, who jumps out to you right away as someone to consider? Uh, I mean, Jalen Brunson, of course, he had a, a really good week. I, I'm just looking at, you know, one one individual stat that jumps out is Kawhi Leonard's 100% free throw percentage. And I'm trying to figure out how many free throws he shot in the last <laughs> week. Um, That's a good question. Because, you know, if he was two for two, which I doubt it was that few, but yeah, know, not really that impressive. But if he was he shot like 15 or 20 free throws, you know, in the last week, then that's that's pretty noteworthy. Absolutely. It would be. I'm trying to find that myself because now I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, um, it's but, you know, other, you know, Jalen Brunson was very solid. Ninety seven percent. Free from the free throw, 53 pointer and 52 almost field goal percentage. And of course, he has the most average points for this week of our contenders at 35 points a game. Yeah. And only one and a half turnovers, which is really good. Um, yeah. That's, that's pretty impressive to see. And uh, so I did find for Kawhi, I didn't find how many total free throws, but he averaged. Uh, just over six free throw attempts per game. 
So for the last week. Yeah, for the last week, those three games. So nice. probably, so probably like about 20. eighteen. You know, I I would say probably like nineteen or twenty free throws. So yeah, that's that's uh, freaking awesome, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty good. But yeah. yeah, of of course, I would agree. Jalen Brunson stands out for me. Um, mm-hmm. not, not just because of my recent desire for the Knicks to get a little bit more attention and acclaim as far as what they're doing as a team, but yeah, right. I mean, leading the, these contenders and scoring great free throw percentage. It's funny. Cause I think, I think it was just last week where he was in this list, but his free throw percentage was like 60%. And I was like, yeah. Oh, come on, Jalen, you gotta step that up. It's almost like he listens to the podcast. <laughs> I Crazy. <think> he does. <laughs> he does. Jalen, if you're listening We'd love to have you come on the show and we'll (laughs) discuss this with you. But um, regardless, yeah, um, I mean, we've got a lot of the familiar names here, Joel Embiid, John Morant, you know, guys Mm -hmm. that are consistently solid play. But a lot of those guys have, you know, one or two things that kind of, you know, are hangups like, oh, it's not as strong of a week as they've had in the past. Or, you know, we'd like to see, you know, some other things from them. Um, Right. Tatum, though, we've never... This this is surprising. So far this year, we have not given an MVP award to Jason Tatum, even though he's, mm-hmm. depending on who you ask, he's like the front runner for MVP or certainly a top five name in that conversation. And right. this is a great week for him. I mean, they went 4-0, uh, 29 points, nine and a half rebounds, five assists, only about one turnover a game about two fouls a game, the steals and the blocks only a half each in each of those categories per game. So not as great as we've seen in the past, but still, you know, productive. He's still, I'm sure making an impact defensively, even if the numbers aren't there, mm-hmm. um, you know, plus minus he was, he had the highest, well, second highest plus minus of any player in our, our, you know, third selection here. With oh yeah. And then Sabonis. And no, then... yeah, you're right. Third, third highest, third highest plus minus 13 and a half. Um, his percentages were not great from the floor. He was 42 from the floor and 30 from three. So like that's a bit lackluster, but otherwise he he had a pretty great week. I think it's Mm -hmm. great regardless of his stats. I think it's great to see Kawhi in this conversation because we've talked already about, Oh, he, he played this game. He's out the next couple with, you know, load management or, you know, things like that. (laughs) So it's great to see him consistent. He averaged 35 minutes a game. That's a great number. You know, he's consistent in these games and he's looking like the Kawhi that we expect, you know, so. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. A bunch and, of great another names. noteworthy person here is, is you know, Larry Mark Markinen, which, you know, bias of a jazz fan for sure right here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he had a he had a really solid week and he's in that all star conversation, you know, with the voting. And yeah. I feel kind of bad for him with uh, getting injured, you know, right before. The, the voting finishes up because he's one of those guys that's like not a huge name that you know everyone is is talking about so he can easily slip through the cracks with a with an injury like this and get forgotten about in the voting yeah you know I, he doesn't he doesn't have my vote for this week's mvp candidate but you know just a <clears throat> shout out to him as being a a name on the list and a and a competitor for sure <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to one of the best nicknames in the current NBA. We don't have a lot of great nicknames in the modern <laughs> NBA, but the finisher, the finisher is a yes. is a cold nickname. All right, 
So we got to give him respect for that. Yes. Um, Sabonis of these candidates by far the lowest scoring average, 18 and a half points per game, but he's, mm-hmm. he's the pick of scoring. Isn't always the most important. He averaged 14 rebounds, 10 assists, only three turnovers. So his assist to turnover ratio is one of the best on this group, regardless of position. Um, half a steal, half a block, you know, working hard defensively, even, excuse me, if not always a stout defender. Um, his plus minus was second high. He was the second highest, 15.8. Excuse me. And uh, his percentage is workable. I mean, 52% from the floor, 20 from three isn't stellar, but he's not really a three-point shooter. And <laughs> right. uh, 76 from the free throw line isn't bad for, you know, especially for a, a center. But the most important thing, they were 4-0. And the Kings were great. As, you know, uh, of course, 4-0 is great, but they were – it wasn't all like close games. Like they were very good as a team in those games. And he reminded mm-hmm. the way he plays reminds me a bit of the aforementioned, I mentioned it a while ago, the, the O2 Kings, you know, that those early 2000s Kings where it was, you know, Weber and Devots and they were dynamic bigs who would make all sorts of plays and the team played well around them. And I like that fit for, for Sabonis, but, um, yeah, a lot of great names right. to to pick from this week. If I had to ask you your like your top pick, do you have like a top pick already, or are you still trying to like differentiate and see which one? That's been like my word of the day, apparently. Differentiate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but is there a name that stands out that maybe would be you pencil them in as your number one? Right, I I would still probably go with Jalen Brunson. You know, he had a a super solid week. His percentages are great. The the one thing is I would have liked to see his uh assists be a little higher, mm-hmm. but you know five is is still a solid number. He's he's definitely not the lowest on the on the list. He's right there in the middle of the pack with his assist numbers. But you know I I would probably give my vote to him for this week. Yeah, I would. Oh, it's tough. I I would. Either him, he would probably be my second. I'm fine, with it, you know, if he ends up winning it when we figure this out, that's cool with me too. He's my second guy. I would mm-hmm. probably put Sabonis number one. I really talked okay. myself into it just barely, but like, the, <laughs> yeah, that team, that that team game, and he's the guy kind of making it all happen. You know, I love the way he's played. And, uh, it, but either way, you know, Kings and Knicks well represented here. I want to briefly mention so we don't forget. Trey Young was the highest plus minus. He had set, he was plus 17 and a half. He only played two games though. And then SGA had another stellar week, you know, 28 points defensively. The numbers were there two and a half steals and one and a half blocks. I mean, those defensive numbers for a guard like him are kind of unexpected. Um, Right. Pretty good week. So just don't want to get him lost in the shuffle here, but yeah, for, for me, it's probably Sabonis one and Brunson two, and then maybe Tatum three. But um, yeah, so so you have Brunson one, right? Yeah, I I would have Brunson one and and probably Tatum two and Sabonis three. So you know, same group, different order. Yeah, and just another plug for Brunson here. He averaged forty point seven, almost forty one minutes 
a game this this uh, last week, which is you know three minutes longer than the next highest person on the on the list, which is Larry Markkinen. Mm-hmm. So that's you know he's working his butt off, which is uh, an, an impressive thing, I I think. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's kind of an outlier in the modern NBA. I mean, most guys, your star players average mid thirties. And of course, mm-hmm. we don't we don't expect that forty minutes to hold up every night uh, or over the course course of an entire season. But that's still great to see him, you know, playing a lot of minutes, playing big minutes. And another comment I forgot to add on the assists. Like typically, yeah, we do see higher assists with your point guard, but like you said, five is still solid. But also, if we think of a Steph Curry, and I'm not saying he's in that same conversation, but just comparing this aspect. If you think of Steph Curry, his assists aren't ever ultra high. I mean, they're kind of in that six-ish range, but he's right. he's that lead scorer, and the team just plays a nice team game. So there's never really one guy that averages a ton of assists or has to average that many assists. So I would say right. they just move the ball well, you know. Yeah, they move the ball well. They don't need to have one guy always making the the pass to the scorer. They just move it as mm-hmm. a team and a lot of guys get, you know, decent assists. And so that'd be my argument for Brunson, uh, just kind of a really uh, micro version or, or light version of what the Warriors have and what Steph Curry does. Not saying they're the same player, but that aspect is a little bit comparable or comparable. Mm-hmm. But um, so probably if we were to rank it and do our points as far as our first pick, second pick, third pick, it sounds like Brunson would be our pick. Is that correct? Uh, Yep. I think so. Cause okay. I have him one and you have him two. So. Right. Okay. Perfect. So let's go ahead and pencil that in. So this is our week 13 MVP um, for our listening audience. I'm once again, writing the name on our, uh, semi-opaque uh chalice i don't know if that's a word i've used in the past for this but we'll use it <laughs> i don't think it is i think that's a name <laughs> uh goblet whatever you want to call the it crystal chalice crystal chalice um i said <laughs> i said on the instagram account i wonder because you know there's been that whole thing this year of all the like the mvp award and the six man award all got like new names right it's now the michael jordan mm-hmm. mvp and the the John Havlicek sixth man. I'm wondering if we need to name our trophy after some sort of NBA player. I'm I feel like we'd right. have to pick like a semi meme name, like you know, just sure. for kicks. But we'll we'll keep workshopping that. But in the meantime, I'll go ahead and show it to Wyatt here. We got Jalen Brunson written in nice. there as our week 13 <laughs> MVP. The the B is a little bit hard to distinguish but regardless Jalen Brunson congratulations we we shouted you out earlier again if you want to be on the show you're you're more than welcome and uh um your trophy is here waiting for you to pick up you can hold on to it for the week but make sure you bring it back by uh, next Monday for the next show um okay so that takes care of our uh MVPs and we'll go ahead and uh wipe the slate get this ready for next week's mvp conversation okay we'll go ahead and wrap things up with our this day in history fact for today again this is uh january 16th we're going back to 1993 for this one uh january 16th 1993 
Michael Jordan scored 64 points, but Chicago was upended in overtime by visiting Orlando 128 to 124. Uh, the Magic was led by uh, rookie center Shaquille O'Neal, who posted 29 points and 24 rebounds. Um, kind of a wild one. I would have to say that's Michael Jordan's second highest scoring game. Now, now I'm every time with these sustained history facts, I'm wanting to look up <laughs> something else to verify that. Uh, Michael Jordan. Also, you gotta love like the million nicknames that they put for Michael Jordan on Basketball Reference. They have, you know, the ones you'd expect: Mike, Air Jordan, MJ, his Airness, like Goat. Like those are all ones we're familiar with. And then they throw like another half, half dozen that like no one's ever heard him called. Like who called Michael Jordan Black Cat? Like, that must be a golf nickname. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> yeah, he's got these are all the golf nicknames that we <laughs> Mr. Mr. June. I kind of like that one. Although people don't always think, oh, NBA Finals, June. Like mm-hmm. that one would go under the radar. Um game highs. Here we go. Points. So yeah, it looks like that's his second highest scoring regular season game and then they lost the game <laughs> that's unbelievable i how, how did they lose this game i gotta i gotta figure this out now how did they lose <laughs> this game I, I was thinking about our mvp trophy we could name it the ronnie price mvp trophy based on our <laughs> earlier uh you know game the the guess the guess yeah. the player based on the stat line game <laughs> That's not a bad one. I kind of like that. <laughs> but I feel like we've got to do one where, like, a player that had just, like, a really good week out of nowhere, like, in the history oh, of like the Lin Sa- the Lynn Sanity trophy, maybe? That's that's a pretty good candidate. The Jeremy Lynn. Oh, I like that. I'm going to write that down as – here, we got a couple of suggestions here. Listening audience, we're, we're workshopping this live. So bear, <laughs> bear with us while we're talking about our – trophy names but i i like the jeremy lynn that might be a winner there um yeah for orlando they had scott skiles led the way in points he had 31 points hey oh and then chicago (laughs) like pippen had 17 horace grant had 19 rebounds bill cartwright one point come on man high roller yeah Anyways, okay. We'll 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 stop wasting the audience's time with <laughs> stats from this magic uh Bulls game <laughs> from the 90s. <laughs> the 90s, yeah. <laughs> um regardless 30 years ago now. Yeah, 30, 30 years ago. To the day, exactly. Um regardless, want to uh both of us want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. Uh we both enjoy doing this every uh every week, especially our Monday show, of course, uh being able to do the show together. Same for Wednesday when I can do it with Justin. Um, we've talked about a couple times trying to get some some additional co-hosts. Um, I'm saying this now today, why I'm going to reach out to our friend Connor, see if we can get okay. him on the show. I, we I've talked to him a while. I haven't talked to him for a little while. Last time I talked to him was like before the Christmas week or weekend rather. So we're going to see if we can get Connor on. I think uh, you as the audience will enjoy Connor. He's, he's uh, 
pretty similar to us, um, but I think you'd have some unique takes as well. Um, regardless, uh, once again, thanks for listening. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, the summaries from last night's action, the news, of course, and then we'll get into our award chase discussion, see who has moved up or down in the terms of the MVP conversation, rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, things like that. Um, Wyatt, any closing thoughts before we finish up? Uh, thank you all for supporting our podcast. We, like Carson said, we enjoy doing it. And hopefully you feel enlightened about the game of basketball after you listen to our show. <laughs> Absolutely. How how could you not feel this great basketball knowledge washing over you? <laughs> as we do the show um yeah thanks again and uh we'll be back with you on uh tomorrow's show tuesday